Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 148. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is so much more than food. It is truly a lifestyle. As always, come hang out with me on Instagram and YouTube. My handle on both of those platforms is Brown Vegan. So yes, y'all, I'm back with another conversation for you. So back in 2020, I had Erin Hill on the show and she came on to talk about her vegan journey as well as how she puts together her luxury picnics with her husband, Jerome. So since then, so much has happened. They've opened a storefront. They're running their business full-time together. They were able to leave their jobs and do this on a full-time basis. And so I had to have them back on the show to talk about it. I actually had an opportunity to meet them in person for the grand opening of their store, their restaurant in Long Branch, New Jersey. So that was a dope experience and I just love them. So I had to have them back on the show to talk about all of the things that went on since our last conversation and, you know, all of the goodness of growing, of, of building and growing their business. They have delicious food. So you're if you're ever in the Long Branch area, definitely go check out Mama Hill. And of course, follow them on Instagram too. Their Instagram is Mama Hill underscore LB. And so, yeah, and just conversation, we just, we are really just chopping it up. You know, I'm just getting all of the behind the scenes of, you know, some money issues as far as getting the restaurant going, getting the right location, working full time together with your spouse, which we all know can be a a lot. (laughs) So I just love how they were just so open about their experiences. And of course, they also provided some tips on people who want to open up their own pop-ups or restaurants or whatever else that you want to do in the vegan space. There's never, in my opinion, enough vegan food, enough vegan businesses, enough vegan options out there. So I just love that they're able to, you know, provide this amazing food to their community. So as always, you can get the show notes and everything I mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 148. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. I guess I want to talk about how you guys went from cooking in your home and almost burning down the place (laughs) to doing the pop-ups, to doing the picnics and now having your storefront. Let's start there, I guess, like how you were able to make that transition to all of those different things and keep going. We started doing the pop-ups 2017, 2018. And we would start off, I think our first pop-up was like 23 meals and people would come to the house and pick them up. We'd promote it on Instagram. Jerome and I were still working nine to fives and we would just do a pop-up like once or twice a month and then promote it. So as we kept doing them, the volume of customers increased. So on average, towards the end, we were doing 80 to 90 meals every pop-up and then selling out. So I think finding a place of our own, the storefront, was an easy decision because there's no way we'd be able to do it out of the house anymore. Right. Because I know, okay, so then you did, after that, you after you started with doing it from your home, then I know you guys were doing the picnics and they were amazing and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And did the pandemic kind of mess up that flow of the picnics? Actually, no, the picnics were a product of the pandemic. Oh, yes. I forgot about that part mm-hmm. then. Okay. We, we ended up doing the picnics because, you know, catering, I was still doing catering out of the home, but 
with COVID running rampant, people were very cautious about seeing people, touching people, getting stuff from people, especially when it's not coming from a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So New Jersey, I don't know about other states, but New Jersey had a no indoor dining policy for a really long time. And if you did outdoor dining, you had to be very spaced out. So everything was really limited on finding like a dining experience. We ended up doing our first picnic as a proposal for someone that I went to high school with. And as soon as we put those pictures up, people went crazy. Mm -hmm. So what I didn't realize is a lot of people who do luxury picnics, they usually buy the food. They don't make anything. We, we literally made everything, did the setup, did the breakdown. So it was just, it was a lot, but a it was lot. Yeah. And then Jerome, you were taking the pictures, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Aaron came to me with the idea and I was like, like, what you talking about? So he's like, I'm going to do picnics and you want to take pictures. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I wasn't really, I didn't know what, like, I didn't have that. She didn't really show me her vision. She was just like, yo, just show it with your camera. So then the first one we did was a, a wedding proposal. And the guy like hired a videographer, hired a saxophone person, and like just went all out. So like, you know, after that, and then the, after the pictures and the, with the video, when we posted that, everybody just went crazy for it. And then I was like, okay, I understand. And then like, literally, like it just took off like overnight. And then y'all would do, were y'all doing like one or two picnics a week? I couldn't tell. I just know that y'all were felt, booked. Yeah, man, it felt like, yeah, it felt like last summer, it felt it like we did a picnic like yeah. every day. I think we did like 20 picnics that, that summer. Yeah, well, when you do a picnic, That's it's a like lot. an all day thing. So like we would make the food mm-hmm. in the morning, like say we set up at like, you know, like two to two to whatever, six, we would have to go set everything up. You know, have it ready. I would take. I would do like a. I would call it like mini photo shoots, and like in like three minutes, I could get like you know. I would just pose them real quick before everybody sat down and got comfortable. So then, like, I would go home, edit the photos while they were like enjoying a picnic, and by the time they got in the car, like all the photos would be like in their email. Then we would go clean it up, and then you know do it over. And the attention to detail. That's what I love about y'all. The quality that y'all put into everything that you do. That's so exciting to me. I love it. And Aaron, because I don't know about you, Jerome, but I feel like Aaron is definitely like a perfectionist in a way. Nah, is that right or definitely wrong? definitely a perfectionist. Like, <laughs> I got a little not crazy. A little. She's crazy. Like, <laughs> nah, but it, it, you know, it works out because I'm more of a like, if I get an idea, I'm just going to jump out the window type of person. I don't really care how I look. I'm, I'll figure it out on the way. And Aaron is like, total opposite she like she plans everything every single detail so it just you know even with the store i was like all right yo we opening in two weeks she was looking at me like yo you're tripping oh, like i want to change this i gotta do this and like i was like man nah we'll figure it out and she was like nah let's do it like correctly and, like so she does everything correct and like she fixes all my mistakes before you know? <laughs> I remember the last time we spoke, Aaron, you were saying that you wanted a storefront. And I remember when I recorded the episode with you, I was thinking, oh, wow, I didn't know you wanted to do that. And now you, of course, you guys have the storefront. Mm-hmm. And I went to the grand opening up in New Jersey and it was just an amazing. Y'all had a great, great, great grand opening. I, y'all had a line outside. It was nah, so much love. You. Oh, yeah, and it was thank really- you for even making that trip. That made it like when I seen you, I was like, I never been like, I don't get celebrity. Like, I felt like I was, like, seeing a celebrity. Like, it was mad, 
Nah, really. like for real. <laughs> you know, like, seriously, you're the only person that made me cry that yeah, day a little I, bit. I, I just felt bad yeah, because I was, I was like, like, damn, like I wish I had like I wanted you to be like, wait, but it was so many people in there, we couldn't even like really have a conversation. I know. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Enjoy. And we were so nervous that and jumps. like But I man, I, it was crazy, man. Like the people showed out. Like it's really no V like when I tell a lot of people come to us, they come in our study like, I'll have an idea for a vegan business or I want to do X, Y, Z. I'd be like, yo, do it. Like, it's not enough. Like, we proof, like, it was only, like, one. I think it was, like, one other vegan business. And it was, like, a small juice bar. They wasn't even really doing food. So people just want something different. Like, they be seeing vegan. They don't know. And then, like, I love when people never have vegan food and they have ours first. Because when they go to the mm-hmm. other spots, they're going to be like, oh, this is trash. Like, we're going back to the, <laughs> like, <laughs> where's the... And not even not even trash, but like, see, this is what I love about y'all food. It's just it's really familiar. Like I, first of all, I wanted to come up and support because I just felt like when I connect with Aaron, I just felt like it was always good vibes, good energy. And I remember when I told my um, boyfriend, I about to say husband, that's my boyfriend <laughs> that I wanted to come visit y'all he was like what what what's going on I said just just get it we gonna drive up there and I decided like the week before that I was gonna come but I didn't want to say anything because I was like it's gonna be kind of weird Aaron gonna be like why are you just popping up up here but I just like the support is like it truly is a verb you know what I'm saying so I really mm-hmm. wanted to come up and just show love to you guys and and I just I don't know it was just amazing and I'm just so glad that I went Let's talk about like some of the behind the scenes of actually getting it done. Because mm. to me, because Jerome, you come across as more of the dreamer it, to me. And then Aaron is, like you said, like a more of the perfectionist and like, this is how we're going to execute this. How did it look behind the scenes? Did it take y'all months and months to get this off the ground? Oh, or yeah. how, like, how did you decide a location? Just all of that, whatever you guys want to share about that part. You know, I'm definitely the dreamer. She the perfectionist. So like she balanced me out. So. You know, I definitely wanted to, I was thinking storefront, but I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to, we didn't want to do a restaurant. We didn't want to do a food truck. So we wanted to like kind of do something that was just, so I was thinking grab and go something small. We could just get it popping. I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking of being open every day. I just wanted to do the pop-ups like we were doing out out of our house, but doing in a professional, like a storefront. So even if we was just open on the weekends. I knew that we could make our money like that. I wasn't thinking like, all right, we're going to be open Wednesday through Sunday. So we found this spot. <laughs> it's funny now, but it was <laughs> funny at the time. We found, yeah, we found the spot in Long Branch and it was like kind of near the beach. And so I'm like thinking like, all right, people will always walk into it. Cause we live in Long Branch, like Perry Village, Jersey Shore. It's like real big in the summertime. But what I hate about Long Branch is that like they cater to tourists for the three months and then the rest of the nine months is really nothing going on. So I want I want it to be the opposite. So we found a spot, the guy, we go in there, we talk to him, he gives us like this low rent. It's really small. It's like you can't even do a cartwheel in there. It's like <laughs> the rent, but the rent was so small. It was like perfect. It was to me, it was like the perfect place. And I was thinking real small in terms of what we really needed. I was just like, all right, yo, we can get it popping. So, dude, we go in there, we talk to him. He gives me the rent. I'm like, I'll give you the money right now. He's like, wait, I can't do that. I have a tenant in here, but they haven't paid rent in like a year and a half. And um, I'm working on getting them out of Mm -hmm. here. So I was like, all right, just let me know. So he's like, oh, I'm going to talk to my lawyer. Make a long story short, he gave us the runaround for like six months. And 
we never saw any paperwork. This, the person was still in there. So I would just drive by like every week, like, yo, damn, is this person leaving? So I but in the in the whole time I'm telling people, like, yo, we got a place, man. Yo, we gonna do this, X, Y, Z. Yo, we opening da-da-da. You know, just not knowing what's going, not doing everything wrong. So that didn't work out. So then I look stupid because I was telling all these people, and now people are like, yo, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So so now I'm like, I'm like feeling like Aaron, like, man, after storefront, I don't know if this is going to happen. So we was taking our daughter to school. I always drive past my Uncle Raymond house who just passed like last year. So I'm going past his house. And then like we stop at the corner and then I look across the street and it's like the location we're at. And it just says for rent. So at the light is like a two minute light. So I'm like, I just dialed the number. I didn't even say nothing to Aaron. I wasn't expecting nobody to pick up the phone. And the lady's like, hello. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm like, yeah, like. I'm interested in um, 295 July Avenue, blah, blah, blah. She's like, all right. So I was like, can I make an appointment to see it? She's like, yeah, come like tomorrow or something. So I'm like, oh, snap. So Aaron looked at me like, so I'm like, yo, let's just check it out. So we went in there and you know, they, had a, they had three refrigerators in there. They had all this equipment. It was just mad dirty. So I'm like, it just took mad work. You mm-hmm. could tell nobody was in there for like two, three years, but it had everything we needed. And the last place that we was looking at didn't have anything. So mm. it was just, it was crazy, like, how we got it. And then, you know what I'm saying? I'll let Aaron tell the rest of the story, but. Whatever you believe in, God, universe, whatever it is. But some somebody was looking out for us because that place that we're in now was full of equipment. And it was just really old equipment. So it came with the lease. And thankfully, I used to sell appliances back in the day. So I didn't burn that bridge. And my old boss sent a technician out to fix everything. Oh, wow. Free of charge. So, and then we got up and running. We did a little construction in there. We changed the lights because it's an older building, but it was vacant for so long. We just, we just poured everything we had into it and just got it going. You still still working full time. So I I was working, I was actually working at the only other vegan place in the city. So oh, it was wow. kind of like a paid internship. So I would work for him like eight to five, nine to five. And then from five to like two in the morning, I would be working on our spot on our place. So I kind of like worked there the whole time, but I was, I took a lot from him in terms of how he was cooking. Like he was doing everything like kind of not traditional. Like he didn't have a lot of like big restaurant equipment. He would just have like, steam tables he would have like a burner like portable burners like stuff like you know saying we could move around so i kind of stole some of that and then we get up and running so then a few like i i'm gonna tell her this story about the check because we so every time i would get paid i would i was we was paying rent at the place and we wasn't open for like four or five months so we was paying rent and we was going to home depot and doing all this stuff so we i didn't Mm -hmm. have any money for like six months so we about right. to, so two weeks before we open, we about to like, I'm like, all right, I saved enough money to just buy the food for the opening weekend because I knew it was going to be big. We wind up and our, getting like, yeah, our bank account our was bank levied. Our bank account was levied. Like so I think, I think we had like, what, like 1800 like something like $2,000. They hit us with like 1800 Yeah, like account. I saved up like $2,000 just for food <sighs> for the weekend. And then we wind up getting levied because of a, 
like a debt that we owe from back in the day. And it just oh. like the worst time mm-hmm. ever. So I called my bank. At first mm-hmm. I'm thinking I got hacked. I'm like, all right, y'all just got hacked. <laughs> they can give my money back. So I go sit down with the guy and he's just looking at me like, like he's about to tell he's me like, something. He's like, nah. He's looking at me like, <laughs> and he just like, he started talking all low and stuff like Mr. Hills. I was like, oh, this ain't good. So I go back to, I go back, I call Aaron like, man, yo, we got a levy, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, we might just have to push it back a week, but I'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm that type of person. So she like, all right, whatever. So we leave the bank and we come home and like we walk in, we grab the mail and then whatever. So I'm like feeling down. So we just, I'm just like, let me just go through the mail. So I'm opening the mail and I open the mail and it's a check for like, was it a check for like 3,500 or something crazy? What? It was a check for forty two hundred dollars. For having for having a child and from the yeah, government. So like we get like a <laughs> stimulus thing that yeah. I didn't even know. It was something like stimulus or our tax return. Yeah, it I don't was remember. something crazy. It was, it, I think it was a combination. But it happened of like literally like we didn't have no like so we just took all the money. We just announced that we was opening. Just took all the money that I saved for food. So I'm thinking like, damn. So then we. I'm like mad upset, but I'm trying not to show it. You know what I'm saying? So then we come home, we open the mail and then we get the checks. So I'm like, yo, like, this is crazy. Like, just like this whole story is just nuts. Like, and I'm like, yo, damn, mm-hmm. like the ancestors is really looking out for us. So it was yeah. just like, it's just stories like that. And like, we never really told nobody that story. I was trying to save it for this. Oh. But it's just like, <laughs> yo, it was like everything was meant to be. Everything happened for a reason. Even the last spot, like the energy and vibe of it, I didn't really like. And I wanted to be like, I've been in so many vegan places where you could just tell when you not want it or you could just tell that they don't put like love and care. It just, it's just a business to them. And I want to be the, I, I want to give mm-hmm. you like that home feel. Because to me, like the best restaurant I've ever been in, I can't think of the name. It was in New Orleans. It was like, I felt like I was in somebody's house and like somebody's grandma was cooking me food and the service was just crazy. And I was like, if I ever have a spot, I want it, I want it to be like that. You know what I'm saying? So the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So you went from losing the $2,000 to getting double that money <laughs> within mm-hmm. the same week. Oh my goodness. I would have never known that that was going on. Oh yeah. I love how y'all just keep, y'all just keep pushing through. through it. Keep I ain't pushing. know what, I, I, y'all was so lost. I was like. I think we both cried man, a little. I, you know how Hell long yeah, it took me to save that money for that food and then the food was gone. So then I'm like, damn, we already got the date for the opening thing. So I'm like, all right, if I just push it back. And then I'm like, nah, people might be coming. So, you know, and then it mm-hmm. happened, like, like it happened that day. Same thing with the refrigerators and everything. All the equipment was in there. Aaron worked at Eaton Town TV, basically like an appliance store. Call them up. Like, I was just hoping one of them worked. I'm like, if one of these, one of the three worked, then we good. And then all three of them wind up working. So it was just craziness. Man. So what about like the, because when I visit, I remember you guys, it looked like you had a, a couple of deep fryers in there, but mm-hmm. a lot of the other food was already, was it pre-made? I couldn't really tell. Like, how, what's the what's your process as far as like getting everything to the restaurant are you making a lot of it ahead of time like what does that look like because it is like a, a storefront so there's nowhere to actually sit in there it's kind of like mm-hmm. I, I know in dc we call it a carryout where you just kind of grab like you guys it's like a deli grab and go kind of thing yeah. so there's like nowhere to really sit it's just like to go in order your food and go from there so how are y'all setting it up because it's such a small space what are y'all cool. doing as far as prepping for everything 
I think most people don't realize that we actually don't even have an oven in there. We don't have a stovetop or anything. So we, we use like little portable burners and then we cook all of our pasta, our rice, all those type of things on that and then put it into a steam table to keep it warm throughout the day. Because oh, like Jerome was saying from the other restaurant. Yeah. So okay. we don't have like, we don't have like an actual oven or a stove or anything like that, but we have the, the two deep fryers and just the steam table. So we cook a lot of food and then we put like most of it in the grab and go refrigerator, which is like our big our big That's so smart, Aaron. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is smart. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. It's crazy. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like people see and they think like it's like 10 of us back there. So we literally have to plan everything to a T. So that's why we only have mm-hmm. like the two hot food specials for the week because I want to, I want everything to be fresh. I want everything to be made that day. We don't reheat nothing. Mm-hmm. And so when we run out of it, we run out of it. Like we're trying to train people to be like, yo, listen, like 11 o'clock, we open by like 3.30. We're not going to have nothing. So you either going to have to call us and let us know you come in or it just moves like that. And then being the only vegan place in the area, it's just like everybody come running. So a lot of people would be like, oh, and y'all sold do. out again? Y'all sold out? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, we sold out. Like, yo, it's- wait, 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 wait. Jerome, you said y'all sell out at three. It feel like y'all sell out within an <laughs> hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> <It's> I- <laughs> a lot of people call, like we'll get people that call at 11 o'clock on the dot and they go, I want two orders of the special for six o'clock. That's when I get off work. Or then we get people that call in and they pick up for their friends and their family. They're like, all right, I need five chicken sandwich meals for 12 o'clock. And so people buy in bulk, even the mm-hmm. specials, because they know how fast they go. So you guys are processing their orders over the phone or are you just holding it for them? Oh, we're, do- we're doing both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you better make sure you get that money over the phone so they, so you don't, they don't hold you up. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to change. So- like, and, I, and I tell people like the days, even like before COVID, it was kind of changing. Like just... You can like have you can own a restaurant or own like a food business. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even if you a lot of things are scaling down because of like overhead and like profit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people think like it was like two options. It was like, oh, people they would tr- have our vegan cake, they will have our catering and be like, Okay, you guys need a food truck or you need a restaurant. And I was like, Well, mm-hmm. number one. I don't want no food truck. And then I'm like, man, I don't want no restaurant either. So I'm like, what's the middle? Like, so we kind of like just came up with something like, all right, yo, we're going to do Mama Hill takeout and, and it's not going to be, you know what I'm saying? We wanted seats in there originally, but the way it worked out, it just like, it just works. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because even if we had six, four tables, it wouldn't be enough. You know what I'm saying? For people like. Yeah. It's perfect, y'all. I love it. And I love the counter too. Like who did the counter? Oh, a good friend of ours, Sincere, did it. He, well, thank God he did it because... <laughs> Shout out to Sincere. <laughs> we are not, we are not handy <laughs> by any measure. We're going to see you, we're going to see you before Jerome. and after. So, like, I was trying, like, <laughs> I was trying to build it. So, it had a counter. So, I was just going to put some plywood on it. It was going to look mad ghetto and... So he came he in one day and he looked, was like, was all right, what are you trying to do? So I was like, <laughs> I showed him a picture. And he was like, all right, I got you. He was like, do and you I want help? Like, Hell yeah. I don't know. Man, listen, I turned into a whole construction worker. Like I was in Home Depot. I started wearing like Carhartt jackets and stuff. Like I would run into my uncle right. <laughs> because he was a um, painter. Like, so he's like, what you doing in here? I'm like, man, we working on a store. And it became fun. I would go on YouTube. I was learning how to 
drywall stuff. I was like, this is interesting. But yeah, he did it. He didn't. He saved us on the counter. So he actually hid like an M and an H in the design for for Mama Hill. And oh yeah, I think you showed that on Instagram. Yeah, him and his wife basically Kia. They're really good friends of ours, and they have like they have like a party rental business where he like he builds these like champagne walls and these like he does everything. He does custom wood stuff. They have a whole. They have two businesses based around the. The designs he does. So hey, shout out to him. He saved, he saved us. Yeah, that's what's up. I love it. Cause it it's like a nice focal point when you come in the door. It's like, oh, okay, I like this mm-hmm. counter. I like how it's set up. And I think it's just like I love how airy and welcoming and I don't think I agree. You guys don't need tables and nah. things like that in there. I mean, even if you no. could put it in there, yeah. you shouldn't. It's nah. like uh, it's then, perfect. Uh, it's back perfect. to like so like we from New Jersey and, you know, we I did a lot of research in terms of going into vegan businesses and just seeing how they was greeted. And I it was like very standoffish. And I wanted to be as mm-hmm. a new business, I wanted to, one, I wanted to be clean and then I wanted to be inviting and I want customer service to be like, I always compare it to like Chick-fil-A. I want to take Chick-fil-A out with their customer service, like my pleasure type thing. Because when you walk in, like I see you walk in, we're going to greet you. You can see us. Yeah. You can see behind the counter. You can see if it's clean. It's always clean. And you can see us preparing your food. Like, it's very, like, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like, damn, like, all right, like, I like this vibe in here. And you could go to the grab and go thing. We got the music playing. You know what I'm saying? I really sit there and talk to you. How did you hear about it? Blah, blah, blah. And I noticed that a lot of these businesses don't do it. They It's almost like they're vegan, but they treat it like McDonald's. Like, just give me your money. Boom, boom, boom. They don't, they don't ask you your name or ask you where you're from. You know, it's like really no conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we really like, I want it to be a community-based business. And I say that a lot, but I'm trying to like inspire the other businesses to be like, all right, yo, what can we do for the kids? What can we do for rec? How can we like raise money for this? You know what I'm saying? Like if we in the town, don't just take money from the town, but like give back as well. Love that so much. That is so, so important. I love it. It's like having... Of your form of activism too, like providing the food is activism, being a part of your community is activism. Like you said, getting involved in different programs, all of that is so important. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Y'all got to tell me what's like the most popular. Now, I feel like I know it's a chicken sandwich and I'm mad I didn't get the chicken sandwich when I was up there. I'm it's it's definitely, well, empanadas are really nah, popular. Empanadas That's good. Strong. Yes, those are good. It's a new, it's yeah, a new they have empanadas every day, but it's, it's definitely the chicken sandwich, by far the chicken sandwich. And then we run different specials throughout the week, but that is that is number one. The chicken sandwich, and then the empanadas, and anything else that you that you feel like you get a lot. Because I thought the crab cakes were good too. Oh, they like uh, oh the crab. Everyone asks for the crab cakes, and they also like we do buffalo mac and cheese. Oh, everyone loves that. Oh, that sounds good. So we usually pair that with the chicken sandwich, or we sell it as a side. Mm-hmm. But that always sells out. I think the Kelly greens are popular too. I mean, it don't seem like mm-hmm. that, but no, the yeah. greens are good. No, the greens are good. Yeah. The chick- no, something the about that good. chicken. Something about chicken on a bun. Even if it's like people go crazy, bro. Like they it come in nuts. scratching their necks and stuff. Like when I got chicken. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you okay, brother? Like, we had somebody hang up I'm on our cashier call one somebody, day. Like. Wait, wait, wait. She hung up because she called yes, and y'all didn't have it? Yeah, she hung up on man, our cashier. Like, they be like, 
Yo, you know what I'm saying? The chicken sandwich is different, yo. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. We did the one pop up. What is it made out of? It's like a soy based seitan. Uh huh. So we put, there's like tofu in the seitan. So it's not completely weak gluten, but it's good. But you know what? My favorite vegan chicken sandwiches are the ones that are made out of soy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Those are the ones to me that are most familiar. It changes the texture. It does. We try to, it's yeah, not like, like it you hit it when you it said familiar. Like, I think when people think vegan, they om- they almost think like it can't taste like animal products. Like, but that we think the opposite. It's like we don't mm-hmm. eat animals not because they don't taste good, because we know the ramifications of it. Like, but you can still make like a chicken sandwich should taste like you know what I'm saying. Especially if you used to eat meat, you know what I'm saying. Like, it should just taste good. Like, it should have flavor. It should have you know what I'm saying. It's like salt, pepper. Whatever, whatever else we put in it, you know what I mean. A lot of times it just be like, I don't know, it just it don't taste like it don't be no love, it don't be made with love, and I'll be like, yo. Well, you know what? Sorry, Jerome. Another popular item that we haven't done in a while, but it was people went crazy for. We did like a fried fish out of eggplant, Ooh. and they they lost it. And why did you bring it back yet? Then is it is it <laughs> like a lot of crap? Bring that back. <laughs> Say it again. I have yeah. to bring it back. I just thought about it. That was a good one. <laughs> It'd be like, it's hard. So, okay, let me find out this. Uh-huh, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's, I was saying, like, we tried it. We we switched because we came from we came from catering, so our menu was so big. So we only, like, really have the space to do, like, two hot food specials. Really, one, because empanadas don't really count. So we, like, we be switching it every week, and a lot of people, we like, damn, we should go back. But then we come up with, like, oh, we should do this. We should do, you know what I'm saying? So... It's Monique hopping in real quick to let you know that I put together a vegan starter kit for you. So if you are vegan curious or you're a vegetarian, I put together some steps that you should take in order to make vegan life a reality for you. In the vegan starter kit, I go over meal planning, grocery shopping, eating out, and all of the steps that you need to take to get started right now in a very practical way. Head over to brownveganvip.com to download the free vegan starter kit. That's brownveganvip.com. Let me ask y'all this. I think I already know the. I actually do know the answer because I talked to Aaron about this. But tell tell us like who is like the clientele? Like who are you trying mm-hmm. to attract for your restaurant? Because I think that that makes a big difference too. I know you said. I think Aaron told me before, or maybe it was you, Jerome, in the beginning of this conversation about how the only spot was the juice spot, which mm-hmm. is a whole different mm-hmm. vibe than having. Like, you know, soul food, vegan fun food, all of the stuff that we like, all the stuff that we want vegan food to be as far as, especially when you're new, you, your introduction to vegan life, in my opinion, should be, like I said, familiar. It should be delicious and all of those good things. And you guys definitely capture that. So are you trying to attract people who aren't vegan? Like, who is your audience for your restaurant? I would say our audience is Somebody who's curious about vegan food, but not ready to deep dive into that earthy taste or go raw. It's also for like vegan curious people or for people who are vegetarian and want to incorporate more vegan food and more more cruelty free food in their diet. I would say I would say that pretty much covers it. uh, We get a lot of people who are changing their diet because of covid mm -hmm. or their own personal health issues. We get a lot of that. We don't really get a lot of 
earthy vegans or people who just eat raw. Right? I can see why. Because you guys yeah. have fried food and stuff like that. It's yeah. like vegan yeah. soul food. So when we was doing, when, when me and Aaron would go to certain places, we would write people off based on customer service. So like mm-hmm. it was a lot of places that food was like okay or good, but like I couldn't go back because the service just sucked. And it was almost like they didn't want us in there. And we noticed when we did catering that people of color, like black and brown people were almost disregarded as being vegan. Like people thought veganism was a white thing. And when we came on the mm-hmm. scene, it was totally different. Like most, all, most of, I would say 85, 90% of our clients when we were doing catering was black and brown people from the, from the neighborhood type shit. So I'm like, well, and then are, we would talk actually. to them. I'm like, yo, you vegan? Yeah, oh, I'm vegan. I've been vegan for 20, 30 years. Da, da, da. But I'm like, where you go? They're like, well, we don't really have like, that's why we come to y'all. And then they be, they would want like fried chicken. They wanted the greens, the mac and cheese, but the other spots wasn't making it right because they wasn't focused. They didn't know like there was Latino, a big Latino community that was vegan. Like they didn't know like if we did vegan beef empanadas, like it would go crazy with Spanish rice and all that. So they was just doing kale and shit. So I'm like, yo, like, so when we came on the scene, we's like almost disrupted the whole thing. It's like, like, how the hell are they doing like vegan soul food and they young and they black and brown? They got, you know what I'm saying, R&B in there playing. Like, it was just totally different than what people was used to. It was like almost mm-hmm. our client base is like, yo, this is for us. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, we're showing people like, we had one, we had a customer come in was like, oh yeah, there's, there's no serious vegans in this area and we was just looking at her like like what the hell are you talking about like that's why we here like i could show you like we just had like 50 people coming here in like the last hour you know what i'm saying but people we kind of like i i call it being disruptive it's like doing our own thing you know what i'm saying and like kind of showing people like it's 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 different like you know what i'm saying you don't have to have like fucking kale and shit like you can have like vegan soul food you know what i mean Right. It could be whatever you want it to be. I love that. I mean, it's nothing wrong with the balance. It's important. I think it's important, in my opinion, to do it long term. It has to be some sense of balance there so that you can be like, okay, I can do this long term. Because a Mm. lot of people think it's, like you said, Aaron, earthy. People think we don't enjoy our food. (laughs) So showing them the opposite. If that's your first experience with vegan food, it might be a turnoff for you. That's, I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah. What is y'all schedule looking like these days? I, I know that you're incredibly busy. I feel like Not there's like probably you. no room for a br- No, no, <laughs> y'all, no, 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 no. Y'all busy. This is completely different from me. Like I'm talking to y'all right now in my bonnet and shorts. I'm chilling. We're, we're chilling. <laughs> y'all are like on the move all the time with the restaurant and everything. So, or I, I need to call it, I need to call it the, the, I keep calling it a restaurant because in my mind, I think of picking up food no, as a restaurant. Is. I know it's more like a deli. It's definitely <laughs> a restaurant. We pretty much work like 12, 16 hour days. We definitely work more than we did working for someone else, but it's worth it because we don't have to ask permission for a day off. And actually in the beginning, it was very weird because we were obviously working. We were in go mode and it just felt like it still felt like we worked for someone, but it wasn't us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do. Weird. Yeah, yeah you definitely working for someone, your customers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's a misconception too. Oh that's yeah, a misconception. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. We do. We work for the customers, but it's just it's like a surreal feeling. We definitely bust our butt shopping, prepping, and 
95% of it, we do all by ourselves, which I don't know how we do sometimes. And, you know, we have a little one, she's four and a half years old. So we only get to see her at night when we get home. So I think that's the toughest part for me, I would say. Mm-hmm. But Jerome and I run on the same schedule now. So technically we're closed for two days, Monday and Tuesday, but Tuesday is technically a work day. You know so. what I'm saying? It's scheduled crazy, but it's 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 definitely worth it. It felt it felt uh, oh, yeah. weird in the beginning because we came from working for people for our whole life. So even though we owned it, we didn't know what it felt like. We didn't know how to pay ourselves. Right. We were like, we like I was <laughs> oh, just waiting gosh. for somebody to walk in, like, all right, here's your check for the last two weeks. Like, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> oh, this is ours? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then you just you don't even think about it. Like, I remember watching this interview on Spike Lee. He was like, I would get up at like 5.30 in the morning when I was filming and I, I didn't I didn't need an alarm clock. And I just didn't understand mm-hmm. what he meant until like we opened this and it's like, this, like I get up in the morning and like my phone don't even go off. It's just like I jump up, you know, six in the morning. Yeah, we go to Wegmans. We go do this. We go to the store. It's just like, and then when it's yours, it's like, you don't mind working 24 hours a day if you have to like right. you know what I'm saying you just want right. to keep it going like you just know yo this can't fail like and then you see the reception for the people so you might even be tired it might be 2 30 in the afternoon you feeling like sluggish there's somebody to come in like man i love your food thank you for being here next thing you know now you back to it's like an added yeah, it's like energy it energizes yeah. you all right come on like let's finish strong da, da, da. you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Cause it's like your passion. So it's easy. Like your internal clock is like, let's go. Absolutely. Like five, six in the morning. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. You said, you guys said that like Monday is, it sounds like based on what you said that Monday is kind of your day off. Is that true or no? Are y'all ever really off? Yeah. It's just Mondays. We, we try not to do anything work related. We don't even drive by the store. (laughs) We don't, we don't even want to see it. Um, it's hard. <laughs> you never really like, you never really off. Like, you yeah, always doing really something. Off. I try like not to like really like do not, not do nothing like be in the store. Like I might be on like social media or something or like planning what we doing, but you know, we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So how is it working? Cause I know you guys uh, have worked together before of doing the picnics and the pop-ups <laughs> and things. How is Sit it out. working together on a full-time basis? We fight all day <laughs> long. We fight all day long. We usually make up right before we, we're about to go home, but it's good. It's it's healthy. <laughs> but now we run on the same schedule, so. She just be yelling at me like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-uh, Jerome, don't do that. She thinks she could cook better than me, so like, I'm going to let you. Yo, so we going to do, we doing a chop. We doing a vegan chop because she be talking mad junk. So me and her going to go head to head. We going to have three guests. And we're going to get it on because, like, you know what I'm saying? I might make something. she be tasting it. she be like, you need a little salt and pepper. To do and then I she make something. <laughs> I'm looking at it like, I don't know about, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but it works. You know what I mean? It's just. No, we work really well together. And I'm thankful for that because I think anyone who has a family-based business or if you're going to work with your spouse, you, you have to have a supportive spouse no matter what, even if they're not directly involved with your business. I don't know. Say I sold candles for a living. Like if he didn't believe in my dream or support my business, then it rarely works. So I, I've been, I, you know, I lucked out having him being so supportive over the years. 
with anything and everything I've done. I think that's mutual and that's the only way it would work. Makes sense to me. So as far as like the food, because y'all were talking about the cooking part, do Mm y'all share that responsibility as far as who's cooking and the prepping and everything? Like how do y'all figure out what each person should be doing so that things flow? We pretty much like, like there's certain things only I make and then there's certain things only he makes. And like when we walk in in the morning, if we're running behind, like we won't talk to each other for a whole hour and we just bang our stuff out. We we're at the point where I don't have to ask him, like, are you making these or am I making it? We have specific dishes and it's just, it's, it's kind of like our own little task list, which makes everything run really smooth. In the beginning, it was just, it was chaos because we also didn't know which products were going to stay on the menu, come off the menu. So we were just kind of winging it truthfully, but now we have like a really good system. Yeah. I think it's normal to, to wing it. You know, because you got to test, throw things against the wall to see what's going to work. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But I I will say like having, maybe I'm going in a different direction right now, but trying to turn off physical cooking labor and all that, and then go into like admin mode where you have to look at the bills, get your accountant and pay your taxes and all that. Like that is very hard to turn on and off. I used to be really good at those things when I worked for other people, but now that it's my own, it's a lot. (laughs) So do you have like a designated day of the week or a block that you kind of do those things? Because, you know, like you said, it has to be done. So how does that look? Usually on Mondays. So (laughs) So that's the the restaurant's closed, but you guys are working Mondays and Tuesday. Well, not Tuesday. Mondays and Tuesday. So I think that's hard to separate because we're always at the store, so... It's, it's always cooking involved. So trying to break out the laptop and be like, okay, I'm not going to look at the food or the, you know, I'm not going to think about making something right now. I have to turn that off and put this hat on. That That's tough. Yeah. Switching it out. So what about like having a su- support staff? I know you said that you guys, uh, you're like 95% of the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. Do, when is that 5% that you have somebody come in and help? My mom helps. She makes like the donuts for us, which is a huge help. And then we also have a good friend of ours, Keisha, who works with us on Sundays because it gets pretty busy. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's Jerome and I. So what are y'all planning to take like a little teeny weeny break? I know it's kind of early to be thinking that, but I always think it's so important to kind of the the carve out. that time out. Christmas. We're, we're taking a break from Christmas to just after New Year's. So. Oh, okay, look at that. Yeah. And y'all will probably still be at home working, but hey, you're going to try. <laughs> no, actually, we're going away. We're gonna, Where are you um, going? Yeah, Where are y'all we're going to go to a lodge in upstate New York with a bunch of friends and bring the baby. So. Oh, that's amazing. Y'all need it. It's been it's an amazing. amazing year, y'all. I'm telling you. You got to talk about like how to keep... And I know that you guys are passionate about this and this is, and I know that drives you a lot, but how to start, how to, you know, remain optimistic when shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. So money issues, Mm -hmm. almost burning down a kitchen, all of the things that have happened in the past. How have y'all been able to keep going despite the fact that the odds seem like they're against you when you're trying to build this? I would just say you have to have, you have to have like a main goal or something that you're pushing towards. And then remember that failures are part of the process and you have to have discipline and consistency. I would say consistency is probably the biggest one. Even when we were working for other people or we would come home, I would just bang out a a cooking video, try to beat the natural sunlight and we'd be tired, but we would just bang stuff out for content. 
and then build on that. So if people see that you're consistent, they know that you're not playing around about your craft. I mean, I told you this before, we would do pop-ups and we were in the apartment and we would blow circuits, the power would go out, we couldn't fix it. We had to, you, you just have to, you don't ever want to be in a position like that where you would just freeze. You have to keep going. People are showing up to your house. You can't start crying. Just got to make it happen. Yeah. You know <laughs> five, five years ago, I probably would, I was the girl who would probably just cry and be like, just cancel it. Throw the whole day away. How to, like, we never, <laughs> so we, we come from like never having everything we needed and just making it happen regardless. Mm-hmm. So I just adapt that mindset to everything. Like some people have everything they need and don't do nothing with it. You know what I'm saying? So. I come from like right. doing music where like we literally have to make something out of nothing. And I just, we do that every day. Like even when stuff go wrong, we just, I can't sit there and think, I'm just like, all right, it's not working. All right, let's do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like even the whole story about the check situation, it was like, I didn't know how, I just knew that it had to be done. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I had to push it, this door, the day back a week, all right, whatever. I knew I was going to get the money. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't mm-hmm. know how, but I knew I was going to do it. And I feel like that's like our goal with Mama Hill is like, like we can't fail. Like not, we can't fail. Like we invest a lot in people and I feel like the people not going to let us fail. You know what I'm saying? Like we took a big mm-hmm. risk quitting our jobs and, and doing all that. To me, I don't really think it was a big risk. I just knew it was, uh, it was a sure thing to me. It was just how we wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was going to get mm-hmm. done. I just wanted to like really change the game, elevate it and like make other people sit up and like take notice and be like yo let's do it like that you know what i'm saying let's do something for the community let's be about the people let's go talk to the teachers let's you know what i'm saying let's let's change this you know what i'm saying because the way it was going it was very clicky and very tribey and i and i like your mm-hmm. episode like i listen to your podcast all the time but my favorite one was when you was talking about how you went back and forth off of veganism and a lot of mm-hmm. people like real judgmental you know what I'm saying? And we, well, Mama Hill, like the uh, Planet Fitness, we like the judgment free zone. You know what I'm saying? Because you can literally, <laughs> it could, don't call me it could be fitness. somebody's first day. Like, don't do that. Eric, like, don't do that. Uh-uh, that's low budget. Uh-uh, you uh-uh. like Planet uh-uh. Fitness, <laughs> man. Yeah, they give you pizza. I know what you mean, though. Actually, I have, I have a perfect example of adapting when things go wrong. Actually, our opening weekend, our, so our opening day, we had a huge storage refrigerator in the back and it went out. For some reason, those refrigerators had trouble working in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So we had a, our whole storage refrigerator. We couldn't put anything in because it didn't work. So everything we needed. So we opened on a Saturday, I think. So everything we needed for Sunday, we couldn't store. We, so we closed on our opening day. After we closed, we, we picked up Olivia and then we hit all the stores that we needed because we didn't have anywhere to store it. Mm-hmm. Like we just had to just keep going, keep going, keep going. So normally we, we would have been able to close and put our feet up, but we couldn't do that. Just, and that's part of the, that's part of the process. It's part of the game. Huh? Yeah. You yeah. Gotta, gotta be you ready. Gotta, you know what I'm saying? Yo, we gotta make it happen. Yeah. Okay. So the last question I have for y'all is uh, someone who is interested in opening a storefront, restaurant, pop-up, picnics, mm-hmm. whatever you choose. I want both of y'all to answer. What is something that they need to think about that they probably haven't considered? All the ups and downs that you guys have had over the years. 
-hmm. What is something that someone needs to prepare for that they probably haven't even thought about yet? Who is thinking about serving food in in any capacity? It's like three things that's that I feel like made Mama Hill like a success right out the gate. One of them was the fact that we did, we started social media and we started building a fan base and almost like a following before we opened. So people knew of us, they knew the name, they knew exactly what we did. Like you said, Mama Hill, you know, it was vegan food, vegan soul food. You know what I'm saying? We became popular, ourselves became popular. So I would say build a name somehow. And then two, you got to tell your story. Like you got to have, you have to have a story, you know what I'm saying? And how are you going to tell that? So like we use social media to tell our story. Like we're not on there, like, you know what I'm saying? It fur coats and them shit. Like we on there like, yo, this is us. <laughs> Today we did this. You know what I'm saying? We try to be as transparent as possible without telling all our business. But like, yo, this is our story. We started Mama Hill because our daughter was born. Aaron went vegetarian, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And even like, the story of how we got the story, like nobody really knows that until now, but like, we're going to tell that story. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to have like, and then have a good product. You know what I'm saying? Have something that you master. Like, like we feel like we mastered the empanadas. Like nobody touched us. Like we got the best vegan empanadas in the country. Like, you know what I'm saying? Vegan Italian subs. I feel like nobody touching us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we have the bet, like we, we didn't like, all right, yo, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, we're going to do, we're going to master like three things. And this is what we serve in. I love mm-hmm. it. All of it. Good. So storytelling is so important. And I agree with that, with the community part, because I mm-hmm. remember when I was waiting in line for your grand opening, it was so many people that was just like so excited to see y'all. And I could tell that y'all have like a strong community. Mm-hmm. Like people know you, you grew up there. That helps. Too. I don't know if you grew up in that direct area. It doesn't sound like you guys did, but you, you know, nearby. So people yeah, know who yeah, you yeah. are. So I think that is so and important. Yo, we did a lot of stuff for free. You know what I'm saying? In the beginning, even when I did like photography, I would do free. Like a lot of times people want to come out and be a success right away. But like people have to see your journey. Like we let, mm-hmm. like we use Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook. So you can see how, where we started. Like if you go look at Aaron's videos from like three years ago is way different than it is now. And I feel like people like that journey. They like to be like, damn, like we was there the whole time. We remember coming to Aaron and Jerome's apartment, 6A Southbrook in Eatontown to get like food. Now they have a store. Like that's a story in itself. Like, and we have like, we got like 50 customers that came personally came to our apartment and now they come to our store. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's Mm -hmm. dope. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of people don't have that. For anyone who is planning on cooking or doing private chef work or opening a food truck or a restaurant, I would say the key things are to build and represent your brand on social media. Don't be your brand part-time and to also seek mentorship. So if you don't have a mentor, offer to take somebody out to dinner. I did that. Actually, somebody who owns a juice truck, Christina, she's a good friend of mine now. A couple of years ago, I offered to take her to dinner so I could pick her brain about how to legitimize my business, what kind of insurance to get, what pro- what the process looks like, who I need to contact in my city to take myself seriously as a, as a brand and a business instead of just selling meals out of my house for five or six years. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was a bigger goal in mind. And I think whatever direction you're going in, you have to have you have to have a large goal and then break it down into small goals in order to achieve that. 
And also the third thing would be to have discipline and consistency, whether you're putting content up or not, just always experiment, always work on your craft, whatever it is, and learn, do your research, learn about different products, learn about how to manipulate different things like jackfruit and tempeh and tofu. And then also learn who your audience is and target those people. Because what you'll realize is that everyone is not your customer. Mm -hmm. Everyone is not your audience. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because you don't want to cater to people that don't align with you. Because then you attract a whole, a whole different thing. So Mm -hmm. it's more important to know who, who, who isn't your customer than know who is your customer. Like, I don't know who our customer is, but I know who isn't. So like if somebody comes in and like (laughs) says something like that, a red flag, like, Oh, is it safe over here? Like, is your food salty? Oh, yeah, like, are you the owner? Oh, like, wow. you know what I'm saying? Now I know for a fact, like, you know what I'm saying? You're not our customer. So, like, we do customer of the month every month, and it's off a of vibe, and people come in positive, and they always mm-hmm. smile, and they just bring something. And to me, like, that's you should be rewarded for that. You know what I'm saying? And, like, we don't mm-hmm. really deal with Karens and stuff like that, but, like, our like our vibe and energy is like it 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 doesn't they don't even feel comfortable in there like they'll come in there and then they'll realize like wait okay I can't act crazy in here okay like yeah <laughs> they'll just leave like so it's not that we know who our customer is we just know who isn't you know what I'm saying so that's very mm-hmm. important when you open in a business yes oh my goodness y'all this was incredible i knew it would be as always y'all are such good vibes <laughs> i love y'all so much i'm so serious i know we have to meet again we have to do something next time plan something go eat don't go do Yo, something i'm telling um, you now we coming out there so yeah we, we have to come see you since yes. you need the trip we gonna make a trip you know what i'm saying so you just let us know that would be amazing. you like by dc right or not oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Man, listen I already got my, I got like five places planned. Like, listen, you're going to make it happen. Yes. Yes. Aaron and Jerome, thank you so, so, so much for being on the show, sharing all the behind the scenes, the good, the bad, the ugly, and most amazing journey you guys have had. Also, let us know before we wrap up, though, how we can come and support the restaurant. What do you want us to do? Mama Hill, located in Long Branch, New Jersey, 295 Joline Avenue. We're on Instagram, Mama Hill underscore lb on twitter and facebook as well we're only closed on mondays and tuesdays but we're open wednesday through sunday we usually open 11 a.m and then we close around six or seven during the week mm-hmm. and then- you close at like two because y'all food sold out <laughs> yeah, fast. Like, you know, if you want hot food i'm telling you, you gotta come early you know what i'm saying make please call us like you know what i'm saying a lot of people just think like you know oh they're new they're small i'm like yo food gone like if you like it's four o'clock, they be calling. Yesterday was calling at four o'clock. We close at five. I'm like, listen, you better go to that grab and go. I don't know what to tell you. Some chicken sandwiches is gone. You know what I'm saying? So we all over social media. Come see us for sure. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate y'all. And we'll talk Thank soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.